Welcome back to the Tooth and Nail Appalachian Podcast. I'm Jeremy. Hopefully, ends is doing good wherever you listen in from. I do appreciate the messages that I've received from a few of you talking about how the podcast has inspired you to do things in your own area and to work to build up your own communities as well as working on yourselves and your families. That's a big reason that I wanted to start doing stuff like this. I feel like for the most part, we see a lot of these people on the internet and they want to put themselves out there like they're some big badass. They want to they want to meme this and that and the other thing and talk about, you know, uh, all these issues, but none of them ever do anything about it. So there's essentially a lot of people that are out there for the aesthetic and for the recognition without doing any of the fucking work. And I feel like the only way to cause actual change, and it's not that I just feel that way, I know that the only way to do it is to actually get off your fucking ass and get out there and do something. So, if I'm sitting here talking about work on yourself, you know, that's something that I've, I've had to work on. And it's, it's a constant thing, and it's something that I struggle with all the time, but you just keep working. Whenever I say work on your families and, and try to build up your families... Uh, build up the people around you, build up the, the people that you, you keep close, make sure that their success is, is worked on from your standpoint, as well as make, make sure that you're building that loyalty in that relationship. Whenever I say work on your communities, make sure that you're doing something inside your community to make it better. A lot of people have the idea, especially I've heard this a lot in regards to the coronavirus. I've heard a lot of people say, well, it's not my job to take care or look out for other people. That's their job. And these are people that oftentimes just want to get out to the fucking bar or get out to the restaurant. They want to go out and be seen. That's fine. Whether or not we're not here to debate your idea of what the what COVID-19 is or isn't, but the point is, People have come out with that mindset, and it's very visible. So it's no surprise whenever you look at the state of their communities, and then they want to complain about it. But they're not doing anything to fix it, right? Because they have that mentality. They have that mentality of, well, it's not my problem. But no, it is your fucking problem. You're here. So why aren't you doing something? So if that, if that involves something as small as, as starting a garden and, um, taking somebody down the road that some extras that you may have that you're not going to be able to eat or that you can, uh, can or pickle, whatever, um, or if that's, you know, something as simple as helping somebody with their bags at the store or what have you. I notice that a lot. You'll have all these capable people and you'll have these little old people who can't uh, barely walk. And they will just walk by like it's nothing. And my mamaw would have beat my fucking ass for, for dodging those people and looking past them. I don't trust 
a lot of people on social media. Very few people I've met on social media that I really have respect for. And that's because I've gotten to know them outside of it. And those are the few people who don't have to post how big and bad they are. They don't have to meme everything. They don't have to talk about their fucking politics or or whatever else. Liberal this, fucking conservative that, fucking left-wing, right-wing bullshit. They're, they're all about actually working with the people around them to create tribes and communities of people who are trying to make things better for their families. And so I appreciate those people and I appreciate the people who are keeping it uh, true. So while some people may message me and say, well, you're doing a good thing. Now I'm just speaking it. If you're out there actually doing it, you should thank yourself. Because most people ain't going to sit here and do anything other than fucking bitch about it. Or get on social media to show to show off this, that, or the other thing. Their fucking watches, their cars, or whatever. That's not changing shit. Um, sit there and go on some fucking political rant. That's not shit. You're not doing fucking anything. You're sitting on your fucking ass on your phone is what you're doing. So, when it comes to real change, I appreciate the people that's actually out there working. Uh... And hopefully something will come of it. And here in a year, I can get some sort of updates. With that said, let's talk about man's law. Let's talk about mountain law. Let's talk about how they're different. Let's talk about tribalism and clans. We've talked about clans a little bit, but I really want to go into a full-blown conversation about tribalism in the mountains. Let's talk about man's law first. I think that'd be the easiest place to start. Whenever we're talking about man's law, we're talking about laws that are upheld by the courts, by the police, by the politicians. And it, since it's, it's election season, you're not going to hear the truth much, but here's some truth for you. Uh, these, these laws, man's law, is primarily to protect the ruling class. That's pretty much it. Like... You have people who, because of their social status, can get out of just about anything. I mean, it would have to take some sort of big frenzy socially for them to really get into trouble, right? There'd have to be some sort of, like, huge public outrage. And then you got the everyday man who goes out here and may do one thing. And end up getting thrown in fucking jail for a couple of years. Um, whether that be self-defense or, or what have you. Some dude breaks in your house, you shoot them. If you don't kill them, well then by God, they can go around and sue you. Happened to a guy in Kentucky, I think 2000. It was in the mid-2000s. I remember there's a guy. The, the story was the guy had... I think two little girls, two guys broke in and came through the little girl's bedroom. He killed one, shot and injured the other as the other one was escaping. And that guy turned around and sued him. Now, how the fuck does that work? That's man's law. That's man's law. Then there's mountain law. Mountain law is common sense. 
to the point. It's very grounded. You have your actions, you have your consequences. Now, you may not get thrown in jail for the consequences, but let's say, let's, here, here's an example. So, we had talked before, if you haven't listened to the older episodes, you may not get this, so I'm going to try to just gloss over it. A lot of the time, whenever we make money, it may be under the table, so there's no taxes involved, none of that shit. You don't go and pay some some dude that's certified. A lot of the time, from my understanding from around here and personal experience, people that's certified um, are, will fuck your stuff up more than some, some hilljack from over in the next holler. So, you may end up paying this guy to redo your deck. Okay. So he's going to, he's going to come over. He's going to reboard everything, cut everything, fix everything, put some new railing on that son of a bitch, make it look real pretty, stain it, weatherproof it and all that. All right. So that guy will go and probably pick up about three. It might be a three man job. So let's say he picks up two other guys, right? So he picks up two other guys and he says, hey, got a job. You want to make a couple hundred bucks, um, maybe two days work tops. What are you thinking? They say, yeah, all right, cool. So then they come and do the job. Well, let's say that one guy fucks up. In mountain law, it's not, it's more your reputation that's at stake. And that reputation is going to, going to be a big reason for your consequences. So let's say that you're you're known as being unde or uh, let's say you're not dependable at all. Let's say that you are. It's um, a good way to describe this. You're just lazy as fuck. You don't really have any ambition to do better, and you get brought in on the job. This is your one chance to show everybody that you're not a screw up. Well, guess what? You just screwed up. So now you've got the reputation of being useless. So why is that important? Because normally in any other society or in any other, you know, anywhere else, well, that's, that dude's just, you can't really depend on him. And then that's it. Big fucking whoop. The guy's not going to, you're not going to be called on to haul anybody's furniture anytime soon. Help anybody move in. So who really cares, right? Like, it's, it's not a big deal. With mountain law, it matters because now you're going to lose money. You're going to lose opportunities to make money, which may be some of the few opportunities, depending on your situation, to make a little extra money for Christmas, or make a little extra money to pay the bills, or save up to pay off the house, or to um, do renovations. Or it may be the difference between you putting food on the table and clothes on, on your family's back. That's that's what it comes down to. So if you get that reputation as being lazy, nobody's going to want to work with you. More than that, nobody's going to ask you for anything, which means your job uh, prospects are, are slim. So in a struggling economy where the mines are shutting down and there's nothing else 
you know, there, there's nothing else really you can do, you're probably going to have to resort to either cutting firewood and selling it or collecting coal and selling it. Um, there's, there's not a lot of opportunity after that. It's an honor code. Mountain law is an honor code. Um, you know, you have to make something right if you wrong somebody. And that's kind of the nature of, of old school tribalism. And we'll get more into that in a second. But I mean, if you wrong somebody, there has to be some sort of law, even though now where I grew up on Mud Fork, cops did not go there. Uh, and I think the first real time outside of a, a D.A.R.E. program that came to the grade school, the first real interaction I ever had with a cop, I was 12 years old. And a football player had kind of set me up for something to where he told this boy that I was I was talking shit about him, this other football player. And here I am, poor little trash, trailer trash, with no friends at this point because we went from grade school to middle school and all. And, you know, you got all these other schools coming in. So now everybody's dispersed. All my friends are gone, right? So here I am just trying to figure out what, you know, what I'm doing, where I fit in, where I belong. And, and I'm very quiet at this point. I'm not where I am now, where now I just say whatever's on my mind. At the time I was very quiet and I was sitting by myself and there's this whole mess with that, right? So I'm, I'm in the principal's office and they, they end up pinning me as a bad guy, of course, because guess what? I don't play sports and they, they're not going to get their football players in trouble, you know? So, I get into some shit, and it so happens that one of the cops that's uh, patrolling the area that comes in and checks on the school and stuff, he's there. Chief Wiley, I'll never fucking forget him. He had a fucking mustache, I should have ripped off his fucking face. But, this is my first interaction with a cop, he gets in my face and tells me he should whoop my ass. Right? And... To me, that's kind of set me up for just about every other interaction I've had with the cops. I don't trust them. I don't fuck with them. I don't deal with them at all. I don't say hi to them. I just, I just pretend like they don't exist, right? And that's because I just don't, I just can't get along with them. I don't, um, it, it's like, it's like this past summer, those cops that came down here. You know, dude comes in my house, doesn't knock or anything. Has my mom in hysterics, scared to half to death. She don't know what the fuck's going on or why there's a cop looking in her room at her. He fucking goes to pull a gun on me because I'm coming out of the other room trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a... I don't fuck with these people. I, I, I try to stay away from people around here specifically. Uh, in regards to the people around me because a lot of them are, are, they act like they got a stick shoved up their ass. But I stay away from cops, right? So I never seen a cop growing up. That was something, I, you know, they didn't come down the holler unless somebody died. Somebody got murdered. They come take pictures and then they'd leave. They wouldn't come back. So they're, there has to be this this law there because if the cops don't show up, and most of the time they're not going to show up unless something really big happens and they have to. 
And even then, they're going to half-ass it, which is exactly what they would do. Somebody get murdered, nobody would really get charged for it. You come through, take pictures, leave. Unless it made the news. If it made the news, and then suddenly they had to do something. So, a lot of things didn't make the news. Uh, so, you have to have some sort of order and maintain some sort of order. If you cannot depend on a, an, an organized police force, right? So you have to find some way to hold yourself accountable and also hold others accountable for their, for what they're doing. And that's why communities and tight knit communities are very important because then there has to be some sort of accountability. So there has to be payback that way shit don't get out of hand. There has to be some sort of uh, payout for that in, in some way, shape, or form that has to be agreed upon. There has to be, you have to stick to your word on things. You have to have some sort of moral compass to, to guide you on the decisions you make. And that's what's so fascinating is you have a self-governing community and you have these all over the United States. You have small communities that practically govern themselves, but you never hear about them. Every once in a while, one will, you know, peek up, somebody will say something about it and you'll hear about it. And it's, it's always nice to hear because I believe that communities, if they work at it, can govern themselves. But instead we're told that we need to depend on man's law, right? Stupid shit. Like how long, how, what's the length of the blade that you can carry on your pocket knife? Oh, if it's four inch blade, you can't carry it. And concealed, you have to have a permit for it. You know, stupid shit like that. Um, you know, so a half inch on on your pocket knife, which not a lot of people carry pocket knives anymore. I won't be fucking honest with you. That's something that, whenever I was a kid, it was almost like a rite of passage. You got your first pocket knife. And I'm not talking about some four dollar knife that you got down at the store. I'm talking like you got a case knife. Or an old timer. A lot of a lot of the people where I was, it was usually case. Case knives were the best. But I mean they've they take a lot of work to keep clean. So my first actual usable knife was a case knife, and it was given to me by my brother. I was about thirteen, twelve or thirteen. But I'd gotten a knife previous to that, but it's it was mostly just because Papaw <laughs> it got duller and shit, and Papa couldn't use it no more, and it was rusted. If you're not careful with case knives, especially, uh, but knives in general, but especially a case knife, uh, they will rust fast. So you have to be careful and clean them and make sure that they're taken care of, because if, if not, you get a rusty blade. So that's like a that's like a a ritual. It's almost like you've you've or a reward for reaching a certain point in your life but back to the original what i was originally saying something as much as like that half inch on a blade concealed you know in your pocket could you know th that that caused you big trouble it doesn't matter what you're doing 
doesn't matter if you're working or whatever you're just, you know cutting wire or whatever you're doing it don't matter at four inches on that blade i've seen cops go fucking ape shit over that so you can open carry a gun right <laughs> and it don't matter i'm gonna be honest with you these these licenses that everybody likes to throw around and shit that don't stop anybody that don't stop if somebody's gonna shoot at you they're gonna fucking shoot at you um it don't mean you're a good guy or a bad guy. It just means that you paid for a, a, a license to run. And to me, it's the same thing as if you're, you know, uh, paying for alcohol or methadone. You know, it's it's any sort of way for the government to make some sort of money. That's what it is. So, you know, whereas that's a problem with the outside law. The overall law of the land, right? It's not a problem in in the mountains. There's also, whenever I, I spoke earlier about you had to stick to your word on things, that's that goes along with your reputation as well. Because if you say that you're going to do something, even if you can't do it, you still need to show up and tell them, "Hey, I can't do this," you know, or "I need a little bit more time," or a lot, something along those lines. You still have to address it. And that's how you get respect. Now, loyalty is a big thing. So, loyalty is important for those, especially who regard that type of honor and lifestyle, right? So, that's how you breed full-blown loyalty among your community. The pro, And I've written about that once in a blog that I used to keep. Um, I wrote about the the codes pretty much right the code of the codes of honor in the mountains but you don't see that a lot lately because you don't have families growing up generations together and kind of living as a tribe almost because essentially that's what a lot of these hollers are or what they used to be you have these generational families who've been here for you know two three generations or more in these mountains and they all grew up together. They all know each other and they get really close. They're thriving and surviving and, and hurting and laughing all together. Right. And that's essentially what a tribe is. It's a group of individuals and families coming together to survive and hopefully thrive. Right. And that's kind of, you know, and, and especially when it comes to like regional groups, that's going to be your tribe. Then when you look at these communities, that's essentially what it is. It becomes a tribe. Now, you don't have that a lot these days because people move out. A lot of the old timers are dead. Uh, so then some of these families are completely wiped out of there. So you don't have that. You have a lot of people that moved in who are new and... They have no connection. And that's not, a, that's not a slot to them. It's just you don't have it that way anymore. The mentality should still be there, though. There has to be, in that sort of, in that sort of community, there has to be ways to hold people accountable. If we're talking about reputation being one, and we touched on loyalty... Loyalty is important in ways of protecting your own. And it's kind of like 
whenever we're talking about heathenry or something, it I used to get questions whenever I ran my old YouTube channel. People asking about at what point should you stop being dedicated to your family? Like whenever they've done something wrong. The best way you can describe it is you, you're not necessarily taken up for the wrong that they've done, but your job is to protect them until they get into the custody safely of wherever they're going. So if they're going to jail, make sure that they make it there and there's not going to be some sort of like brutal ass, you know, killing or whatever. Cause you, so, you know, depending on the situation, you may have somebody trying to shoot them or what have you. Um, and I think, but I think it also depends to some degree. I mean, there's some things that are completely unforgivable in the community. There's certain things that would be unforgivable to the tribe. So, but I think as, as far as family and, and tribe go, I think there has to be that loyalty there to protect what's theirs from the outside and, and otherwise. And that sort of thing in a place where you're kind of in this together, a lot of people are in the same socioeconomic situation. I think that's an important thing to have among people. It's a, it builds up camaraderie. It builds up family. It builds up uh, morale, right? Because you know that people have your back. It's not that you're out here by yourself. These codes of honor of how you live your life. And, and it's some, for some people, it's tough living, you know, some people, they see it as it's archaic, you know, it's, it's like, if I talk about my great uncle, that's, you know, a couple generations back. Think about that. A couple generations back, my great uncle's 14 years old out behind great grandpappy's feed store, right? In a place right across from great granny's house. And that the place is surrounded by my cousins and, and the family graveyard would eventually be right over by the creek and and all that. Everything's right there. That's my kin, right? And you have great my great uncle out back, 14 years old, boxing military men coming in on leave, wanting to ask great grandpappy if he'd if uh, he'd allow them to to box him. He said, "Yeah, sure. You know, if he if he agrees to it, yeah." And that's how my great uncle would make his money. He'd beat the shit out of these adults, right? So. People say that's archaic and you see these types of fight clubs and shit, you know, whenever we're talking, uh, you know, whenever we're talking about 1800s Victorian England, that's a big thing, right? You know, you see it in like Sherlock Holmes movies and stuff, but it's, I mean, this was only the, the forties or fifties. So, you know, I was born in 85. So <laughs> it's, it's not as archaic for us because that's how you make money, right? It's how you, it's, it's how you, you make a reputation as well. Um, 
these codes of honor may be, it may come off as archaic, you know, things like your reputation counts or, um, you know, you holding each other accountable, but I, I would take that sort of living any day over, you know, being kind of off to yourself. Cause I've, I've been in that situation since I've been here. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of me trying to build relationships and there are few and far between that I can actually trust. I could probably count on two hands and probably one hand, to be honest with you, of the people, actually it is one hand, the people I trust here and then the people that I'd actually trust in my life. I could, I could count on two hands, but then I'd still have some left over. So I don't, I keep my people real close and tight, right? Trying to make sure that uh, I just keep a lot of people out because there's no room for the, for, for bullshit and, and all that mess. So mountain law, what it comes down to is self-government, take care of your own. You know, you don't, you don't call the cops just because, you know, you don't like what your neighbor's doing. You, if you have a problem, you go talk to them. If you got something to say, you bring it up to their face, right? Not to say that I've, I've seen people have their fair share. They tell you once to your face and then you do something and they drop you. And then people's like, why didn't you tell me? Well, you got told to your face to begin with. So don't be playing the victim. I think that's that's one thing that I, I really want to keep going about this culture more than anything else. More than the traditions, more than the history, more than all of it. Is the idea that you're not a victim. Right? We can sit here and talk about all the hard shit going on. You know, like right now, since, since, er, since everybody's kissing politician ass... The last couple of years, we've had, oh Lord, I forgot how many violations or things that would cause violations uh, for these corporations. All these regulations got pushed back so that pretty much it, it makes it easier without any repercussions for people to be dumping on the land and water. Causing stomach problems, kidney issues, cancer. So, for me, I feel like, I feel like we could easily say that we're the victims, right? And some people probably take it as whenever I talk about this stuff as I'm talking about like we're victims. No, that's the whole fucking point is that, that you're not a victim unless you allow yourself to be a victim. So I can sit here and I could go along with everybody else and look for change in, in some suit, you know, some dude wearing a suit that's trying to promise me whatever I want to hear, right? Or I could start mobilizing find like-minded people that are actually trustworthy that can possibly uh, get things done 
that know more about the legal system than I do, which is good to always know. It's good to know man's law, but I don't follow it much. I don't believe in following. I believe in using common sense. Um, and sometimes that coincides with the outside law, and that's probably what's kept me out of trouble on a big level for so long, but that a lot of that's common sense. But, I mean, finding people who know the law, who knows on a local level if there's anything that we could do to fix things. There's not a lot you can do taking on a corporation, right? There's not too much you can do. It's protected by politics and man's law. But, you know, it's it's better to try, right? I don't I don't get into this shit. I don't get into to people being, you know, all over these these lawmakers and stuff, but I think you should at least fight in regards to the stuff that's surrounding you. So if something's killing your people, you got to at least figure out some way to deal with it. Now, I've been hearing a lot of this kind of goes along with, and I, I'm not, for legal reasons, I'm not condoning this, but I, I was meeting up with Bone Man, we call him Bone Man, or Brother Bones as I call him, I was meeting up with Brother Bones, because we were doing a trade, we did a barter, and it's probably a couple months back, he was supposed to make me a shillelagh entity, and he ended up making me a goddamn gorgeous war club. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to pass this for a walking stick, but I mean, this motherfucker is like a four foot tall war club. Heavy as shit. Knock a fuck out of somebody. Probably crack a skull. Uh, well, no, no, probably to it. It wouldn't. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Right? Well, <laughs> we go to meet up and this dude comes over and starts asking about the lumber in the back old boy's truck. Well, Brother Bones gives him the spiel, you know, it's, it's, he's got, it's promised to somebody else and all this, but he could, he cut some for him. Dude finds out where I'm originally from and he starts telling me that he worked down there and I don't know what they were doing, but essentially the locals ended up stealing a company vehicle and wrecking it or some shit and stole a bunch of stuff, cut a bunch of wires on the machinery. And that's not the only story I've heard. And I, you know, you hear the stuff whenever you're growing up and it's like, well, something may have happened to that machinery over there <laughs> over on the side of the mountain down the road. You know, something may have happened to that machinery, but nobody really knows what happened to it. Uh, that sort of thing. It just mysteriously stopped working on those guys, you know. They ain't going to be working for a few days till they get that up and running, I guess. And it just became a nuisance to the point where you'd end up running people out of the holler, right? So, I mean, I've gotten stories like this a bunch. You know, there's also one where I was doing a show selling my artwork uh, probably about 2016. And a guy was telling me that he was working for some sort of repair thing. And they were going around putting systems into some of these places in Logan. And 
they were doing, they were surveying stuff and they got guns pointed at them, told them to get the fuck out of the holler. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a whole, I would, I mean, it's, it, there's a whole lot of stories like this, right? And I don't condone the destruction of property. I'm trying to think of if I have to say something else, but the point is shit gets taken care of. And at the very least, you got to respect that at least they're doing something about it. For me, I don't know how you're supposed to fight these corporations and shit, but it is what it is. And I'm hoping that in some way, shape, or form, there can be some change here pretty soon. And I'll tell you, you know, if we're if we're talking about keeping ourselves accountable, I think that's a, that's a big thing that we really need to focus on is we need to be accountable for what we're doing and not doing. At the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned that I'm real happy to see people starting to step up. Holding yourself accountable for being a lazy fuck, for whatever it is, is not, you know, it, it's it's not a bad thing to, to sit here and say to yourself, you need to get off your ass and do something. And I'm not talking about going, not relax and not hang out and... You know, go spend time with your family. I mean, spending time with your family is definitely something, right? Uh, Building something, learning a new skill, that's something. Uh, Telling stories or or cultivating, uh, you know, your own family traditions to build up relationships. It's all something, right? Sitting Sitting here looking at your phone... Posting meme after meme about politics is nothing. That's that's nothing to me. Um, you know, fighting with people in comments, that's nothing. That is, all that is and all that does is perpetuate that same mental state that you're already putting into play. Because what are you going to do? You've already sat here, typed out a long-ass reply, somebody that you're arguing with online. So what are you going to do? You're going to wait around, kill time, and wait for a reply. To which you are going to go and and probably reiterate the same shit you've already said. And nothing's ever going to get done out of it. And then you're going to get pissed off. Then you're going to get frustrated. And then what are you going to do? Nothing. Right? It's a cycle. Holding yourself accountable and getting getting some work in. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with exiling yourself away from everything <clears throat> to get yourself straightened out, to get your to get your head right, to get your projects started, to get your projects ended. Like there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying I was wrong. You get more respect for being honest and upfront than you will for bullshitting. But in these times, that's not the law. You know, whenever we talk about loyalty, whenever we're talking about respect within the community, whenever we're talking about people that's holding you accountable and also holding yourself accountable, those are dying ideas. There's no sense in romanticizing it. 
there ain't no sense in, in sitting here and feeding you a bunch of shit about it. Those are dying ideas. Now it's easier to call the cops on somebody you don't like and then recording it. It's easy to complain to people, you know, to, to a cop about, you know, I don't like the fact that my neighbor is, is, I don't know, whatever the fuck my neighbor's doing. The neighbor ain't hurting anybody and the neighbor's not being super annoying. Why should you even care what they're doing? I can understand if they're throwing shit in your yard or <clears throat> whatever, but I mean, if they're sitting there barbecuing in the backyard, just deal with it. Shit. I mean, you knew what you were getting into whenever you lived, you know, you moved into a place that was that close to other people. You know, you don't like it. <laughs> then you probably shouldn't have moved in a, in a place that's, that's close to other houses or close to other plots. Because I know some of these, uh, I don't know too much about suburbs, but I do know that like they'll do these development areas. I don't even listen. I didn't see my first damn escalator until I was about 12. So I don't know what the hell I'm talking about with most of this stuff when it comes to like suburbs and all that. I don't know shit. If I'm honest with you, we didn't even have crosswalks in Logan. We didn't have it like a light that went off until probably, I don't know. That might've been 2009 or something. They might've put one in across from Wendy's. That's about it. And I don't think anybody's ever used it. Hell, people still walk in the center of the damn road. Um, so, so it's not like anybody uses the damn cross lot. I don't know how to use one. First time I ever even seen a crossing guard was whenever I went to Ohio for something with my uncles once. I never seen a crossing guard in my damn life. Didn't know what the fuck somebody was wearing white gloves and a whistle for. It blew my mind. I ain't never seen something like that in my life. But from my understanding, there's these development places, right? And the only reason I know this is because I've seen it being up here. There'll be a development place, and there'll be these houses, and then there'll be an empty plot. But then somebody will buy that and start building on it. Point is, <laughs> if you got an issue with your neighbors, you know, having a cookout or whatever, don't move into a place where they're going to be that close to you. Move out into the country somewhere. People depend too much on other people to do their shit for them. They get offended by something, they got to call the cops. Uh, none of them want to want to act reasonable. Everybody is acting like they're damn brainwashed these days. Everybody wants to argue over something and call each other names. Nothing ever gets done. So you got to really wonder, is man's law really working? Or is it failing? Well, I think the facade that it works for normal society, I think that's failed. I think you can plainly see that who it's really working for whenever we're looking at the rich people, whenever we're looking at the, you know, the pigs are working for the bourgeoisie, you know what I'm saying? But whenever it comes to, whenever it comes to the average person, you're going to have an issue. So, we have to get back to some sort of honor system to keep ourselves going 
We have to get, you know, without it going into complete absolute chaos, we have to govern ourselves first. And that's a problem. I could go on a whole other episode just talking about that. Being able to govern yourself and keep yourself uh, in check. I think that's one of those things that it's it's one of the things that's holding us back, right? Is that, that we're so dependent on what we're told that we should depend on in way of the law and the things that keep keep us from a certain level, the people in charge. And then freedom for us would be if you can govern yourself, then you have no need for the law. If you if your communities can govern themselves, then what's the point? And I think that's probably one of the most important lessons that I could bring up or topics that I could bring up and, and talk about and try to tell people from what I've experienced, what I know is that's that's one way to become really free. We can sit here and talk all day about, you know, you have these people that really want to believe in the system, but the system doesn't work. And we can sit here and talk all day <clears throat> about these things, but, I mean, it's always going to come back to that. It's not going to work for the normal person. The system isn't built for that. Honor systems have to be implemented, I think, if we're talking getting into tribalism. And there's been a big interest in tribalism within the last, let's see, the first time I ever heard tribalism used in a modern sense was whenever I was learning about heathenry in 2008. <clears throat> so, and back then, tribalism was kind of secretive. Somebody who's a tribalist, they kind of stuck, you know, they, they didn't go out and talk about the tribe. And then it became probably about 2012 or 2013, it became like the big thing was to really start creating groups. And some of the those groups have stuck around and built themselves to communities and have grown together. Those are few and far between. Most of them have fizzled out. But that's that's true freedom. Whenever you start creating communities, building yourself up, and using things like self-reliance and self-governing ideas and laws to keep yourself and the people around you in check. That's how you become free. You know, I'll tell you what I told you a couple episodes back. That's also how you become an outlaw. Because then you're going to be shunned by society. They're going to see you as being dangerous. I'd rather be dangerous for being free and being a guy that doesn't have somebody tell me what to do. You know, or tell me that this is the right thing because they said it. But to do the right thing because I know it's the right thing. Because I've got common sense. Right? I'd rather have that be my legacy whenever I go, even though nobody's probably going to know too, you know, or give two shits about me 
or, or really know too much about me whenever I go. Whenever I do go, I'd like to release my family and those who are kept close to be like, you know, thinking that, thinking highly of me just because I've kept myself in check and kept myself uh, true to what I'm doing because it was the right thing, not because it was told that I should. I don't believe in bootlicking, right? I've never been much for for authority, but especially sucking up to and and dick riding those who who seek to poison my people. So that's all I gotta say for that. Law the law of the mountains is to survive. That's it. Now, how you choose to survive, whether it be alone on top of a ridge somewhere, or in a holler with a community surrounded by your kin and people that you were raised around, to hold up a certain moral code, however you choose it, that's the law. We have to adhere to that, or else you don't survive. Homework for this week will be to sit down and think about why you're doing something in ways of law. What's common sense to do? What's the right thing to do? And what do you do because you're just told to do it? I don't know why I started doing homework. <laughs> But I feel like, I feel like if we keep ourselves on track with these, these episodes and we are on the right track of thinking together, maybe we'll come to some conclusion, uh, as to what we can do to better our situations and our surroundings. If not, hopefully at least it's been entertaining. With that said, um, I think I'm pretty much done. So, Halloween is coming up. We'll see how that works. Got some new shirts over on the Teespring. Uh, I'll post uh, the Instagram also in this podcast. And you can check us out over there. And on the Instagram will be a link to the Teespring shop. Or to the Nell Appalachia. We've got the US out of Appalachia shirt. We've got the Mountain Prayer shirt. And then we also have a, um, a Mountain Ritual shirt. So you can go check those out. We have them in different styles from hoodies to t shirts, tank tops, what have you. And as always, I'll catch y'all next time. Stay safe, stay sane, and uh, take care of yourselves.